Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. I want to read from John chapter 12 this morning. I'm going to preach about what we've just been doing. John chapter 12, verse 1, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. I want to preach about worship this morning. But I was a young man, I heard this definition. That worship is the overflowing adoration of the heart to the Lord. Can be expressed in many ways. Can be expressed in song or word can be in music or silence, can be in the giving of an offering or the lifting up of the hands. There's many expressions of worship. Let me tell you the story briefly from John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Bethany is a little village about three miles outside of the city of Jerusalem. It was a home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. For Jesus, it was his place of refuge. After the pressure and the hatred of Jerusalem and the religious leaders, he often retired to this home. And he has come again. Martha made him a supper and served him. That was her way of expressing her love. This will be his final visit. In six days, he will hang on a Roman cross. He has repeatedly told his disciples and the people around him that he was about to suffer and die in Jerusalem, but They couldn't comprehend that. They couldn't get it. Didn't make any sense. But there was an exception, and that was Mary. For Mary had learned to sit at his feet and listen. And somehow she knew from all that he had said that this is the final time that Jesus will be in her home. 
and a fervent desire rises up in her heart to let him know how much she loved him. She wonders what could she say, what could she do that could adequately say to Jesus, I love you. And suddenly she knew. And what transpired is one of the most beautiful acts of worship in the entire Bible. Let me read it to you again. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. Visualize this, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. I want to share three things out of this story. First of all, worship is a choice. Mary made a choice. And all of us have to make a choice. Worship does not come naturally. We have to make a choice. I had to decide today whether I would or would not worship. It's my choice, my decision. It's a choice. Jesus said about Mary in Luke 10, 42, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. It's a choice. One of the greatest worshipers in the Bible was David. It was David who brought the ark back to Jerusalem, the visible manifestation of the presence of God. He put it in a tent without a veil. And 24-7, worship ascended out of the tent toward heaven. And David wrote a great deal about worship. Let me share several scriptures. Psalm 34, 1, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will, not I might, I will. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I have to make a choice. Psalm 104, verse 33, he said, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. I want to stop on this verse for a moment. Because it not only talks about the choice, the decision, I will but it explains to us what worship is. He said, I will sing to the Lord. I don't want to get too technical today, but I want to try to help us understand worship. Worship is when we sing to the Lord. Often we sing about the Lord. That's good. That's in the Bible, too. Often we sing about 
our experiences. That's, that's good. We make a confession. We make a declaration. But sometimes the broad sweep that we say is worship is not really worship. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just want to point out to us today that worship is to the Lord. I've often been asked by people how many were in the worship service in the audience. My answer always is there was one. Because the audience in worship is not us, it's him. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God as long as I have breath. Psalm 1930, David said, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth extravagance. Psalm 11 verse 1, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright, that's us, and in the congregation, I will worship. There's private worship, there's corporate worship. Psalm 145 verse 1 said, I will Extol you, my God, I will bless your name forever. Each day and every time I come to this house, I have to make a choice. The choice is, I will worship, or the choice is, not today. And I understand what it's like to not feel like worshiping. I'm made out of the same kind of mud as you are. And there's sometimes I just feel tired. I'm preoccupied. It's been a difficult week. And I just like to kind of veg out and sit in the seat. And of course, nobody's like me, but anyway. <laughs> I discovered people in the Bible worshiping when they didn't feel like it. And I think about Job, and I'm always absolutely amazed with this. Job has lost everything, family, possessions, health. And it said that he fell down on the ground, and he worshiped. See, worship is not about us, it's about him. It's about who he is. And he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever, irregardless of how my circumstances are. And I often think about Abraham, heard the voice of God saying, take your son, your only son, to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him on an altar. In obedience, he starts out, Two servants, they came to the foot of Mount Moriah and he said to the young man, stay here. I and the lad will go under and worship. Abraham, how can you do it? There's no keyboard. There's no music. There's no drums. There's no guitar. 
But worship is a choice. And Mary made a choice. The second thing is that worship is about giving. Mary brings her most precious possession. It was worth a year's wages. Stop and think about how much you make. This is not $1.59 bottle of perfume. This is a most valuable possession. Many of the Bible scholars believe it was her dowry that her parents were deceased. And she, and she has this dowry that, that will provide a future relationship for her. And she takes that which is most precious. And she brings it to Jesus and she breaks it open. And it's not a little dabble, do you? It's she poured it on him. I believe we're called to extravagant, lavish worship. Where we are not stingy with our praises or with our possessions, but there is the overflowing of the abundance to the Lord. She took it. She broke it, she poured it out, she gave it all, and then she kneels down, takes the tresses of her hair. The Bible says a woman's hair is her glory, and she takes her glory, and she lays it at the feet of Jesus and begins to wash his feet. She bows down. I believe that one of the expressions of worship is when we bow down in humility, in surrender, in acknowledgement of who he is, and we take our place at his feet. Psalm 95 is an invitation. And the psalmist said, come. I'm inviting you today to come on a journey. I'll end the message by telling you where it will end. But he said, come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, <coughs> our maker. Why? For he is our God. That's why. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, there's a beautiful scene in heaven. And I discover as I read the book of Revelation that heaven is a place of worship predominantly. And I want to read this from Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. The 24 elders, which represent the church, the blood-bought people. The 24 elders 
fall down before him who sits on the throne and worships him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns. The crown is, is the evidence of their rewards for all that they have done on earth. Think about it. And it said that they cast their crowns before the throne. I was preaching about rewards one day and somebody said to me, why are you so intent on getting a reward? I said, the answer is really simple. Because when I come into his presence, I want to have something to take off and lay at his feet in acknowledgement that everything I've ever been, ever had, ever done came from his hand and should go back again to him. And it said that they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, <coughs> to receive glory and honor and power. So Mary brings her offering and she worships. Let me say a few words about the offering today because I believe that we need to restore the offering to the sanctity that it has in the place of God. I've been in a lot of meetings. I've been doing this for a long, long time. And I've watched people manipulate it and abused to get an offering. I want to lift the offering out of the mud that a lot of preachers have put it in and lift it to the high and holy level that it is in the Bible. Listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 10. He said, and now behold, <clears throat> I have brought the first fruits of the land which your Lord has given me. Let me pause to say everything you have has come from him. And when you give, you are simply giving some of what he has given you back to him. That's what he said. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship. I believe that the giving of our tithes, the giving of our offerings is a tangible expression of our worship to Almighty God. Psalm 96, verse 8 and 9 says this, Give to the Lord, not to the church. Give to the Lord the glory that's due his name. Bring an offering. Come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Paul wrote the Philippians church that had sent him an offering. 
And he said in Philippians 4, 18, he said the offering was a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Worship is about giving. Let me give you the third point. I'm not preaching long today because they told me in school that you learn by hearing and by doing. So I'm going to leave enough time for the doing and I'll shorten up the hearing on purpose. The third thing about worship is that worship brings his presence. It said that the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Have you ever noticed that sometimes we sing a song in church and when it's all over, it's like, so we're done, I guess. What's next? And there's another song we sing, like we did just a few moments ago. I love you, Lord. I lift my voice in praise unto your name. And as you begin to sing that song to the Lord, the presence begins to come. It's like the evaporation that goes up that comes down in rain. We send up our worship. We send up our praise. And the rain of his presence comes down. Let me give you two scriptures and I'm done. Psalm 22, 3 says that God dwells. Not visits. He dwells. He feels at home. He comes to stay. It's like he comes and put up, puts his feet up and said, I like it here. God dwells in the praises of his people. Not the grumblings of his people. The praises of his people. God takes up residence amongst us. When we praise him, let me give you this last verse. It's from Second Chronicles. Solomon has built this beautiful temple. It's dedication day. He's built a platform 15 feet high, wide, kneels down and begins to pray. And then we read this, and indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers as one begin to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord that the house 
of the Lord was filled with a cloud. That's his presence. So that the priests could not rise to minister because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. I believe that as we join our hearts in praise, in worship, in adoration, that the glory of God will fill the house. His presence will become overwhelming. I have been in his presence like that when I took my shoes off on the platform because I said it's holy ground. Because the presence is so strong and it's so real. Now we're going to do it. I'd ask Phoenix this week to sing these two songs and we're going to close the service with singing them again. Here's what I want to say to us today. I'd like to encourage as many of us as physically can to kneel before the Lord. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. If you're not comfortable, not able, I totally understand. I'm not your judge. I'm simply giving an invitation. If you'd like to kneel where you are, that's fine. But I think many of you would like to slip out of your seat, come and kneel around this altar. As we lift these last two songs as an anthem of worship to our God. If you want to stay where you are, sit in your seat, that's fine. I'm not here to lay down a bunch of rules. I'm simply extending an invitation. Come. So come. Come, come right up close to the altar. Just come through. Come on, we'll make lots of space. Or let's begin to sing. Lift it up to the Lord. If you need to go, you're free to go. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.